Previously on What in the World Podcast. You guys, there could have been only one person that would have deleted the audio files to this podcast. Who? What? Someone deleted the audio files? What? You guys, it was my twin brother, Cram. Por que? <laughs> Por que Cram? So, I remember last time, I was starving for information. I was so hungry. Hungry for controversy. <laughs> he was famished. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of What in the World podcast, where, of course, we discuss all things past, present, and future with the sport of whirly ball. I am Steve Vogt, along with Mark Mills, a.k.a. Kramer Slim. Hello. That's the same backwards for those of you who do not know. And, of course, <laughs> Mr. Noah Aaron. How we doing? We are doing excellent. Part two of our... Uh, two episode, or rather two part one episode. <laughs> uh, Nationals recap. Exactly. Gentlemen, uh, we left off on... Controversy. Controversy. Everybody saw controversy. Everybody has an opinion on it. We're going to share ours with you. Uh, Noah, should take it away? Sure. Well, there were a few things. I think the the one of the most memorable sources of controversy in this Nationals... Uh, I believe was the flash photography. That flasher. The flasher <laughs> out on court two. Um, I remember being so surprised that, first of all, there was a guy in the doorway on court two. That doorway is direct, almost underneath the, the, the basket. So, like, he's totally in play. Like, we bounce passes off of the wall there, and there was a guy holding the door open, which just seemed incorrect and also he was taking flash photography meaning that um uh, uh the team that frank was on i can't remember which team that was it's been a while but the team that frank was on we talked about it was just a week ago <laughs> uh, right yeah um uh he was uh, uh as they were coming down to shoot lining it up they're getting flash uh, you know uh, photography flashes in their faces and uh, very disorienting. Especially I, with those white walls, it was, like, yeah. bouncing off everywhere. Even from the outside, it was throwing the people off watching the games as well, let alone the people on the court. Yeah, so I remember the uh, there were complaints about it, and the referee was like, get that guy out of there! And so I ran over to, to you know, like, who is this clown? Let's get rid of him. I heard you and, punched him. Uh, I did not oh. punch him. Uh, because <laughs> when I ran over there... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think I grabbed Tom, and I was like, Tom, who is it? we got to get him the hell out of here. And Tom was like, easy, you know, he's with me. We can tone down the flash, but he's it's okay. You can take pictures. I asked him to be here. I'm paying him to do this. And it was immediately awkward. It was controversial. The weird thing about that is, like, why wasn't he there for our team pictures? <laughs> you know, he, uh, something else that's a little bit weird. So on the Facebooks... I'm told uh, this, uh, this 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 Jersey J uh, uh, character. He posted. Apparently, he had a friend come down, who was a professional photographer, and he took pictures of Jay's team, uh, and they were like really good professional pictures. They were clear. They were nice uh, during the play, close-ups, whatever. We've seen these pictures, and they're, they're they they look really good. The whole team looked really great. Uh, I had no idea that Jay had brought down a professional photographer who was a buddy of his, and he was able to do his job, take these great pictures during the course of play. They came out great, 
uh, with absolutely no controversy. He was never in the doorway that I'm aware of. He was never taking flashes, uh, and it was it was great. Now, that being said, I am really interested to see these pictures that that Tom will have. I, I hope to be able. To, I, I hope they're the most incredible whirly ball pictures ever taken. Blackmail material. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, and part of it as well is like when once they got him off the court and he'd be taking pictures from. Inside, inside the glass. glass, he still had the flash on, which was still. Which I don't awful. know if you've ever taken pictures through glass with a flash. That's not the way that works. <laughs> that that like the, the flash isn't. I don't know. I'm not a professional photographer, but I feel like the flash not only was inappropriate for the 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 game setting, but also inappropriate for the photography setting. Yeah. If anybody who is actually a professional photographer wants to reach out and fill us in on actually how that works. We'd be more than happy to hear from you. What's an F-stop? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds like something a parent would say to their kid if they're right? swearing. The F-stop! Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know either. Something to do with flashes. Anyways. So. Not a big fan of the flash photography. No. And then uh, something else that was interesting. Towards the end there, I remember um, in our, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Steve and I were in the finals of the B division. Uh, I think we touched on that in the previous episode. We might have episode. won. I don't know. Well, part part one. We're still reviewing won. the film. Still reviewing. Um, yet to be determined. The the it felt like we won. The <laughs> so in the first half, the photographer was on the court, in the corner, um, and he the flash was off, and and he seemed rather invisible to me. Um, but I do remember that we were uh, uh, heading towards him on offense as the uh, as the photographer was there in the corner. And then in the second half, he moved to the, you know, the, the, the same side of the court but the other corner, um, and he became visible to the stands there. And at that point, I think the other team or the other team's coaches objected to it. And then uh, the video's pretty cool. Joe Tiffany came out and uh, uh, asked him to leave. Um... Nobody wants you here. Yeah, I believe nobody. Yeah. Look at all these to people. Quote. Nobody wants you here. I believe was the the, the phrasing that Joe <laughs> used. Uh, it's pretty good. Is there a controversy around that? Well, the controversy there is uh, uh, Texas didn't want him there uh, in the second half when they were facing him, but it was okay when we were facing him. Uh, I don't know. Is that controversial? Uh, it didn't seem to affect you too much. Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it worked out okay. There's little. Something asynchronous and less than sporting about it. But, you know, whatever. I yeah. think I do better when someone's there taking my glamour shots. Yeah, it turns out that's what we needed is someone to... We needed the press, yeah. the media. More more flashes in our faces. So the part that I'm really upset about is he wasn't on there during our court time. So we could have done better. Yeah. That, that would have helped nicely. Yeah. So we need more photographers in the future is what we're saying. <laughs> Just no flash. <laughs> Just no flash. No flash. Yeah, I, I feel bad. I know that uh, I heard that a couple of people are, are were susceptible to vertigo, and so a couple of those flashes really screwed them up, especially when you're trying to take a shot. Just kind of, and they, they wound up losing the game. So it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate that it wasn't coordinated ahead of time, but uh, I don't know. I, I just it's like when the Seahawks practice they practice with like loud noises. Yeah. Maybe we just gotta start practicing with photographers. Just yeah. thank Strobe goodness lights. nobody was injured. Yeah. Nobody's retinas were severely damaged from the flash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
Uh, and the photographer, photographer himself did not get pelted with a whirly ball. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. So uh, what's another part of the meal that you got going? Yeah. Another meal of delicious controversial topics. Um, so I think of great discussion during nationals was the, the a little bit of the double dipping. A little yes. bit of the double dipping controversy. Now, uh, of those that, that that double dipped, I don't think I don't think I heard too much about Kiefer, um, and I think that's because he was dipping upwards. Yep. Right, he's a C player dipping into B. Um, uh, we did hear some controversy in the lower divisions, the D division. So uh, in Michigan, I know they had a player Wings, uh, who's been a C player for a couple of years, who. Uh, dipped down at the last minute. I believe someone had a family emergency. Their father passed away or something like that. Some serious family issue. And so they weren't able to travel. And so uh, Wings, you know, was was, was asked and, and, and came through and said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll play with these guys so they could have a tournament. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and I know that was pretty controversial. I know there, there, there are some folks that got fired up about that. And likewise on the Seattle side, it was brought up you know, when, when, when people were saying that Wings isn't a D player, um, the, one of the retorts was, yeah, well, Matt McCurdy's not a D player. Um, Let's that, talk about the differences. And Yeah, I mean, the, well, the differences, uh, uh, to me, are pretty clear. One is Wings has played C. Consistently played. Well, Wings C. has yeah. played C, period. Yeah. That is a difference. Wings has played C. Matt McCurdy has never played C. Uh, Wings has played C for the last few years. Matt McCurdy has not played Whirly Ball for the last few years. A little difference. Now, I, I, I should also probably nip this in the bud. Um, I did not think that Wings was, uh, 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 you know, an overly dominant, game-changing presence on that team. When you talk about the best players in D... I think you're talking about Gage from Seattle. I think you're talking about Timmy from Michigan. Um, I'm not sure Matt or or um, Wings um, uh, had the kind of impact that Gage and Timmy had. Yeah. So when we talk about the best players in T in D, you know, I'm, I'm not sure Wings was the best player on his team. Um, well, and he was also being held for the defender for. The majority of the time, there was the well, point there was, where there, there was, was that was some of the controversy as well. Well, there was talk of that, but it was never implemented. There was yeah. talk yeah. of of putting a restriction on wings. Negotiations that, for otherwise were uh, they worked out. Yeah, the the the, the it was just talk, um, and there were some people that had the the expectation that that would be the case, yeah. um, but it was never enforced or implemented. But the, the as, as Steve says, part of the negotiation was a restriction on wings that he could only play defense. Um, and uh, again, I mean, wings shot a few times and he hit a couple of couple of uh, 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 buckets. But it, it, he, uh, Timmy, was the dominant shooter yeah. on that team. Yeah. We, you know, when wings was on offense, he was setting screens, at at most. And there. Dominant screens, though. Uh, they were they were pretty good screens. Of <laughs> all the screens, he was. Uh, those were the those were the screens. So really, the, the controversy lies with Timmy. 
Should he have been in D? Yeah, he's been playing. <laughs> this is his first Nationals, yeah. and he's been playing for nine months. Yeah. So, yes. He's ready. He, sh- he should have been in D. <laughs> <laughs> now, Problem solved. He's ready, he's ready for Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine if you just ask him, he'd let you know. Yeah. Is the, the word on the street. No, again, I'm, I'm really glad, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. I'm, I'm glad for Timmy to move up so that he can uh, meet some uh, uh, appropriate opposition, give him a little better perspective. Word. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of the full flavor, I think, of the D controversy. Yes, Ultimately, um, I'll say that I saw no problems. I think it was well-balanced. Nobody, like you said, was overly dominant on uh, as a, uh, of either of those two players. And, you know, it, there's... N- so I really don't see the controversy behind it. The biggest controversy that I see is that it was a distraction. It was a distraction to the Seattle and the Michigan D teams. And it was uh, uh, an unnecessary, and um, I think it did a little bit of a, probably did a little bit of a disservice to the, to the players um, on each of those teams to, that, that, it, that it became, you know, that it, that it was just this thing that kept, was always alive in the background and sometimes foreground, and then it would go away a little bit and, be, and just kept living. It just kept living. And um, I think it was pretty, a couple of things could have been really unfair. You know, uh, um, if a team goes through all of seeding and then a change needs to be made for the tournament, I think that's really unfair. Yeah. I think um, I think the ship sails, um, you know, uh, uh, after after you start seeding um, in an ideal world, uh, I guess. But I blame Texas. Well, sure, it, yeah, right. because this was a Michigan-Seattle issue, so clearly Texas was at fault. They were probably in the middle of it trying to create controversy. That sounds like Texas. Speaking of Texas. Speaking of Texas. On to the next meal. The next delicious, tasty morsel of controversy. <laughs> I So all I know about this one is we were... Uh, I was not playing. I was kind of hanging out in the center... And all of a sudden, I hear um, uh, what I would call a regular tournament phenomenon of some of the guys from Texas <laughs> just absolutely losing their minds. A natural um, occurrence. And <laughs> starting to just scream about how something is unfair towards them. And I believe in this case, it was Ross who stood up and I think he was yelling at one of the referees, like full on Ross yelling at one of the referees. Um, uh, something to the effect of, like, let them play, you're taking the game away from these kids, you gotta let them play, which uh, I am familiar with as appropriate, well, probably inappropriate, commentary on, like, a Little League baseball field (laughs) or a Pop Warner football field, but these grown men who are drinking beers and playing a bumper car game, uh, I don't know if the let them play, you're taking the game away from these kids... You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, you should be. You, you yeah. Uh, so that I, I didn't quite see what was happening. Did you guys see? what No, was I also happening? was watching court yeah, one, yeah. and then heard him yelling at the ref in court two. Yeah. Which sucks because after that, like, that that ref then didn't want to return the next day to help out because he didn't want to create any like friction between any of the other uh, centers and stuff. So like, it made things a little harder moving through like trying to find a ref in something. And it, it just also just puts a damper on the situation where, like, 
it was also a guy that's been playing for years. Yeah. And uh, so where I think the root of it comes down to, and again, I didn't see the plays in question, but I think I may have described this previously. I think, um, uh, you know, we play in Seattle and we have a theory about what the game is. And a lot of that is, is based on how the set, the, the referees in Seattle call the game. So if, um, if a little bit of contact is called as a slashing violation or a scoop slap violation, then okay, that's where the line is to us, right? That a, a little bit of contact may be too much. Um, you know, a little bit of getting out of your seat may be too much. Um, Whereas maybe the referees or the understanding of the game is different in Texas. Maybe it's a little bit more physical of a game. Maybe it's a little bit more, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, you know, scrape your arms with the scoop. I'm going to, you know, have more contact. And that the referees in Texas see that's the way the game works. And so that's, so the, the, the folks in Texas have one model of what the game is. The folks in Seattle have a model of what the game is. And when you travel and you play, you know, against each other, you both think the game is a little bit different. That's where I think that sometimes we need a visual of the rule set where yeah. it's all written. And when you see it just written, it's still kind of a, a, there's a speculation and also kind of a gray area of what that rule can be. Because we can all interpret it a different way. Yeah. Much like the Bible. And so if you... <laughs> Deep cut. Yeah. That's so, a different podcast. <laughs> but uh, so if, if you're able to get visuals on some of these rules, we can kind of have a basic comprehension where every center can see then. We've discussed previous on previous episodes, I, I believe, that there they are videos This is a callback. This is a callback. Yeah. So, Leah, let, let me bring a couple other examples, uh, staying away from the Bible a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was... Because <laughs> I think you're right. So, so the, um, uh, uh, the Westminster Kennel Dog Show and the, the evolution, the, the, the artificial selection that created the Bulldog um, and the Pug uh, and the Pomeranian with all of their health issues is based on the standards that people that you judge against for the American Dog Show um, are written down. And it said things like, Bulldog with a short snout and a compact face and, you know, uh, extra skin. Um, and it was written down that way. Well, if you look at pictures of the American Bulldog uh, as it was in, like, the, 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 the 1920s or 1900s, um, it looks like a dog that could fight a bull oh. it looks like an athletic healthy regular dog but if every year you're judging it over oh it's got a short snout and a compact face and that loose skin then you keep making the dogs shorter snout compacter face looser skin until you get what is the bulldog today which is you may know they can't even like they can't breed themselves they are physically incapable of of, of breeding themselves. Yeah, they're a science uh, the, experiment. The, the, yes. Um, and uh, it's because they didn't have a pictural depiction um, uh, of the breed standard. So, when you get to sports, modern sports today, baseball, football, uh, they have the rule book. It actually comes in, um, uh, uh, in, a, in no less than two, usually three rule books. There's the rules as they are written. And then there is a case book. And the case book has pictures in it, and it goes through, okay, here's a situation. There's 
you know, the pitcher's looking in for a sign, and then uh, whatever bird poops on him, and so he gets scared and he twitches his shoulders. Is that a balk? Um, and it shows you the pictures, of, and it walks you through the interpretations. The third book uh, is either a referee mechanics book or an interpretations book. But the case book is, uh, goes through interpretations, uh, picture descriptions that uh, uh, allow you to, you know, it takes more and more of that judgment out of the game, and it makes it clearer and clearer and clearer. So you're saying there needs to be a case book of Whirly Ball before we turn into Bulldogs. I want a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, that's or or YouTube videos. You know, I I, I think a uh, I think a case book is is kind of minimum. I think in this day and age, we could do something like powerpoints or, or maybe Snapchat that shit. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do, as long as it doesn't get deleted forever. <laughs> What's the one? Instagram is probably what you want it to live forever. Oh yeah, yeah. One of those yeah. fancy. One of those things. Yes. Facebook. So, you know, again, we all ask about it. So I was actually thinking about it today. Like, man, I should make a case book for Whirly Ball. Take some of this judgment out. Are you putting your name out to be a part of the committee? Uh, no. Oh. But I'm happy to... Uh, you have uh, my vote. Uh, no, thank you. You got my vote as well. I'm, I'm happy to uh, uh, well, put together some products and, and propose them to the committee for consideration. We don't want to tell you this, but... You're you part of the committee! Voluptuous player committee. Here's yeah. your plaque. <laughs> you got voted as the chair. All right. Oh, the chair? Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha, take that, Austin. <laughs> no, he sits on you. You're the chair. Oh, I'm the chair. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah, 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 you are yeah. literally the chair. I am now the furniture mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> what do we got next, sir? Uh, next on the controversy uh, is now, if you remember, uh, we had uh, let's see, we had flash photography, we had double dipping, uh, we had let them play. Um, uh, okay, so we're talking about rules, um, and there weren't that many rules controversies that I saw. There were a couple of disagreements with certain referees and certain calls. Uh, the 32nd clock, uh, you know, there are a lot of mistakes. Um, but I had one in an early seeding game when I was refereeing uh, because the rules are very clear about when to start the possession clock uh, after it's clear that possession has ended. So after a 30-second uh, possession clock is, is over or after a shot has been made where there is a clear and distinct... Uh, by rule, change in possession. However, when the rules are not clear, when you should start up, when possession changes, when do you start possession? So let's say on an interception, an intercepted pass, okay, that's pretty clear. I caught the pass, therefore I have possession. Start the clock. That's not entirely spelled out in the rules. But now here's a, uh, let's take that a step further. So now it's not an interception, let's say it's an errant pass. It's an errant pass that goes, you know, it's bouncing into the corner somewhere. Two of us are racing for the ball. And at some point it becomes clear that I, the defender, am going to pick up that ball. And the offense gives up on it. And they go away. So there's nobody near the ball but me, the defender. And there's still, say, 10 seconds left on their possession. You can let it run down. I can let it run down. Okay. So now we get to the, the situation, which is a bit of an extension of that, where it was um, uh, Michigan A uh, playing, I think it may have been Texas A, um, Texas A1. Um, and 
uh, it's a close game. We're in the last uh, maybe 35 seconds, let's say. And there's 15 seconds left on the possession clock. There's a shot. Uh, it does not hit. Um, so it hits the backboard, um, and it comes down. Zach Wagner from Michigan is the goalie. Um, he corrals the ball. I don't think he ever touched it with his scoop, but he touched it with his car, and he's, um, it's very clear that Zach Wagner is going to, it has the ability to pick this ball up. Uh, he's not being challenged for it. Uh, it's, uh, basically the ball is between his bumper and the wall, and there's nobody, and, and he's covering it. Uh, with his scoop. Now, his scoop is still maybe a foot or two off the ground, so it's not like his scoop is down and actually covering it. So he's not touching the ball with his scoop. So to me, that was clear and obvious that he could have had possession of the ball, and that's something like the phrasing I remember of when you should start the possession clock. That's in the rules, when you could have possession. Right, when the, when the referee judges that you could have possession. So I started the possession clock even though he had not yet picked it up. Now, keep in mind, there were 35 seconds left in this game, or something like that, you know, maybe 40 seconds left, mm -hmm. and 15 seconds left of possession. So Zach was trying to have the clock run down so that this would be the last possession, they'd win the game. It was like a two-point game. Mm -hmm. um, and I started the possession clock because he could have possessed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach looks up at me and, he, and, and, you know, and then, okay, so, so then Zach picks up the ball and he's like, restart the clock. And I was like, nope, I'm not restarting it. You, uh, you could have had possession, you know, this is the clock. And, oh, uh, okay, so then he, start, he makes a play and they do their thing. It turns out Michigan still won that game. They were up by two. They were able to handle the last. But it, that call did give Texas one extra possession. And... Immediately afterwards, I gotta be honest. I don't know what the what the rules intend in that situation. We spoke to Ross, who said um, uh, Zach was right um, because Ross could have challenged for possession of the ball, and so Zach had every right to let the clock run down. Um, uh, we spoke to Tom. Uh, Seattle, uh, Choquette, and Tom said, no, 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 if you could have had possession and it was guarded out like that, you should have changed possession. That's a change in possession. I think that's why they add that part about could have possession, though, because let's say the ball rolls into the corner. Yeah. And then you, as the defense, trap that ball in the corner. Yeah. Which, is, is that what you said occurred? No. Uh, or or something similar. Something akin. Yeah. Something akin but let's that. say that my scenario happens, right? Yeah. They trap the ball in the corner. There's absolutely no way that the offense could retain possession again. So they have no choice but to uh, secede and move on. Mm -hmm. And then like you said, what you're suggesting is it's like if you don't pick up the ball, then uh, you could let the clock run down the rest of the possession. Yeah. But with that rule being in place, you could have possession. You because no one's gonna argue if that the other person can't get to the ball. You have clear possession, absolute, you know, definitive. Well, so 
the 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 best take on the rules that I, I I think we got during those discussions was when I spoke to Austin Carter, who said I think very appropriately that the written rules are not clear about the change in possession, because that that rule about um, if you could have possession is very clear for again after a 30-second clock is over or after a shot is made where there is a clear change in possession, when do you start the new possession clock? But there's just a lot of ambiguity. So I think what you're saying is that um, if you clearly have established your, I'll say, right to the ball, or you clearly have established your dominion over the ball, some, yeah. some such word, um, then that should count as a possession change. Do you think it would have I been a different so. call for you if he hadn't put his scoop hovering the ball, but just kind of played the car, kind of keeping no. it out? No, because again, his scoop was, I mean, it, let's say it was at, at, at waist level, right? It wasn't, his scoop wasn't down over the ball. His scoop was, you know, like waist, waist elbow level. So, uh, and it was obvious to me uh, you know, the, he was making the play to, to corral the ball, and he had the ball well corralled, and he was making the very heads-up play to try and uh, protect the ball and also let the clock run out. So what do you guys think if, like, say, it's a bad pass, and it goes, you know, to, to the one of the, to the wall or something, yeah. and it's in that area, and instead of kind of going for it, the defense just holds out the offense from trying to get possession from right. it? Is that a better representation of waiting until the time runs out? Yeah, what, what, yeah, I mean, what should be the call there? Yeah. Because in theory, like, yeah, they can go get it, but they're just choosing to hold out the offense to waste the time. Yeah. And, but so. That's a heads up play by the defense. Should the defense be rewarded for that heads up play? Or should it be clear that, nope, they have right to the ball, therefore possession change right away? Yeah. Well, tell me if this is a bad comparison or not. It is. But in. <laughs> All right, there you have it, I guess. <laughs> and football. Yeah. You know, the play doesn't stop because the ball hits, you know, the turf, you know. It, the, the play clock, clock continues, you know. So the, the same could be said. Well, or the no, game, or excuse me, the game clock. The game, so, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's so, yeah. Possession in baseball is something I'm more familiar with. Uh, because I don't think anybody still has any idea what possession in football means. Um, but uh, in controversy. baseball... Controversy. <laughs> uh, but possession in baseball is actually defined a little bit uh, non-intuitively as uh, and the act of intentionally releasing the ball. So possession... So let's say you catch a ball in the outfield and you take five, and you're running to the infield, right? Clearly a catch. Mm -hmm. Well, you haven't intentionally released the ball yet. So if you trip and the ball comes accidentally out of your glove, per the rules of baseball, that's no catch. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird baseballism. Um, uh, and likewise, if you're turning a double play and you barely have possession of it, you're just like flipping it up to yourself to try a quick change, well, that flipping it up to yourself is an intentional act of release. So, you do have possession. Um, okay, I have no idea how that translates to Whirly Ball. That was just a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
At least you're honest. So what else you got for us, Aaron, uh, when it comes to controversy? Well, vote. Uh, one of the things that I've got is... Um, uh, so I've been watching some of the, the, the games that Gus has uploaded. And again, thank you so much, Gus and the Whirly Freak. I think you're doing just an outstanding job. I also really enjoyed the video that you put up about... Um, you know, why do you love Whirly Ball? And then the following the, the, the Michigan house. I ab- um, I agree with this controversy. Why wasn't he doing that at the center? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Controversy. Probably right. because yeah. he didn't want to do any flash photography. <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, or that his cameras were busy filming the game. I, I saw him do that for uh, the river float and then for the Michigan house. And yeah. I was like, if he would have done this at the center, it would have been so great. Right. You know what? A better question stories. is, Mark, why didn't you why do didn't it at the you, center? Mark? Yeah. Because uh, that was Gus's thing. Be the change in the world you want to yeah, see. Yeah, you know what? You could have taken that and... I'm, I'm a leader, not it. a follower, okay? Whoa. What, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, uh. we're, yeah we're talking about you taking charge. <laughs> so, so what do you guys love about Whirly <laughs> So I love winning. <laughs> this is It's a very new sensation, but I like this better than losing. Yeah. Um, the, so I watched the A Division Championships because I wanted to see that game. And I think on the last, I mean, earlier today, in obviously part one, um, just like in a, a little bit over an hour ago. Yeah, I think I mentioned that uh, my my take on the, from what I remember to the Seattle Seattle uh, A championship was that um, Barrett and Mike Wall were trading who was goalie and who was floater, and after watching the game, that analysis is wrong. Um, they were they, they were doing everything they could in every position to, to win the game. It was nice um, you were able to revision this in your head real quickly. Yeah, uh, right. That uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Gus. And <laughs> um, so uh, what I saw was that uh, uh, James Gill was one of the big talents that he has, as he is the biggest decoy in Whirly Ball, and he's able to pull defenders away. And um, <laughs> while the other team focused on James, uh, Eric was lighting them up. Uh, Eric could not miss a shot, except for the one or two he missed. But other than those, he, he was hidden. It was really a great performance. Um, and I think with Barrett and Mike, uh, and Mike Wall, I think um, you know, the other team... Uh, had to adjust their strategy, you know, have two on Mike Wall, have a really, you know, uh, 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 had, uh, when they set their defensive line, it was pretty close uh, to the key, and it, 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 uh, they didn't have an Eric on their team who was hitting and lightning, lighting them up. Uh, so I think Eric was the difference maker. So I'm not sure how controversial that is. It just looked like maybe, maybe Eric... Maybe it was the MVP. MVP, maybe? Uh, uh, what maybe. in the World podcast, A Division MVP? Yeah. Yeah, let's say that. That's not <laughs> yeah, a controversial. Actually, yeah. Right. yeah. We give Eric LaPlante our MVP. Here's your plaque. Yeah. It's uh, not really here, but... Uh, uh, Michael Wall has your trophy. <laughs> Ask him about it. <laughs> He's got a spare. Uh, his, have your people contact his people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, what else happened? So, Chicago was real fun to watch, uh, bringing in two C teams, uh, and I think we should give a few. Uh, is it proper?s Do we give proper?s Is that what they say? Yeah, we can the give kids these days. 
Um, I think they're props. Props? No, yeah. they're proppers. Proppers? Proppers, I mean, yeah. props is short for proppers. I think okay. it's pound sign proppers, right? Hashtag proppers? Pound sign proppers. Pound proppers? Pound proppers. Pound proppers! To I'll just, yeah, I'm just going with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> to a Mr. Dan Doherty of the Dan Doherty World Ball Scoop uh, Company. Uh, a superior scoop for a superior player. Yes. Um, uh, thank you for the swag, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, the shirt. The shirt's and awesome. Stickers. Yeah. Yeah. I still wear it. Again, that's Dan Doherty Scoop Company. A superior scoop for a superior player. Yeah. Find him on Facebook. Uh, get yourself a scoop. He, he. This guy is going out of his way to procure uh, quality scoops from the from the internet, um, and. Uh, Willie Boss side, Dan's a good guy. Yeah, as well. And, yeah, yeah. Him up. yeah, it was good, good, to, good to meet him. Uh, P.S. We didn't get free scoops from him or anything. We just no. appreciate him. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. And yeah. then he also was uh, Facebook living the games for the people back in Chicago, and that was pretty entertaining to watch later on, listen to. So, yeah, awesome. good times. Yeah, and it was fun playing against him. Like he would talk some like. It, it was like talking trash in the most polite way, where it's yeah. like, Dan I'm going gets... to defeat you, and I would just be like, all right. <laughs> Dan gets my Chicago MVP. Whoa! I, I said it. Wow! I'm going on record saying it. That's... Yeah, that's bold. Controversial. Take that, it Chicago is. ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like the, the yes, next, that's, like... That's what we were calling their team. There was Pick Your Poison, and there was the... No, Chicago Ice was... Wiffle by you. Oh, that's right. And But we just called them the Wiffles and then uh, Chicago Ice. The Wiffles <laughs> and Chicago Ice. Sounds like the antithesis of Chicago Fire. Yeah. Oh! Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, the only other thing that I had... And my list was some MVPs that weren't weren't named. So these are the uh, What in No World podcast MVPs. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we had uh, uh, other people that made this tournament successful that were not able to uh, win or even compete for an MVP trophy, um, and who actually got consideration. Sorry, Dan. That was just kind of thrown out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our discussed MVPs are... Well, yeah, so the category that I'd like to start with is the referees. Who is our most valuable uh, player, uh, ref- most valuable referee? The MVR. No, the MVP referees. <laughs> I voted for Chile myself. Yeah, so we had a lot of great referees. Um, uh, of course, Tony, Tony... Um, uh, I, I love the guy, but sometimes he missed those uh, possession clock changes. You know, the best thing about Tony is that he just does not care who <laughs> wins at all. Um, uh, but sometimes it takes that a little too far. My favorites is watching the videos and hearing like, Okay, and in two, three, one, court's on. He's like, what is happening up there? Um... Uh, uh, and the Chicago guys really put in work, uh, you know, on, on, on Sunday especially. Um, uh, really appreciate them, those guys doing it. But, you know, Steve, I totally agree with you. I think uh, uh, the, the Cleveland guys, Chile and Anthony, and particularly Chile, you know, when he's up in the, the, in the spotter spot, 
I just sort of feel totally comfortable. I really like the way he administers a game. I really like the way he calls a game. When he makes a decision, he communicates really well. He's very knowledgeable about the game. I, I, uh, I feel very comfortable when Chili's up in the spotter. I'm going to call this a clean sweep. Clean uh, sweep. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, every time that he was up there, if there was, like, a challenge <clears throat> call or something, he would say the reason why, and, yeah. like, it was clear cut, and you're like, okay. Yeah. It, I, I, there was well, no... Watching, watching the, the the footage from that Gus uploaded, he was on point with the uh, key clock as well. Yeah. You know, it came on, you know, he counted it down properly, and, uh, yeah. Had no problems with Chili. Good work. Yeah. So th thanks to all the referees. Yeah, and everybody who I think I, think I even repped at some point. No one cares. No to thanks you. to you. Oh, well. Here, here's I your tried to do my part. <laughs> I tried to serve the people of the Whirly Ball community. Here's yeah. your plaque, Chili. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, beautiful. It, yeah. Don't drop it. Oh. 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 Michael does not have yours. <laughs> Uh, the other the other group that I wanted to give uh, uh, maybe maybe talk about is some of the uh, some of the mechanics back there who were keeping the car. I thought the cars were in such tip top shape uh, for this nationals. I think uh, a couple of them were broken by people, um, including the one that I I, I, I broke because uh, I was trapped in the key. But I got out of that key <laughs> and I took the steering column with me. Um, oh, I remember that. I was, I was wondering, crazy. was it the? Was nice. I think it was the same car that I took the steering console out the practice before nationals. Oh, yeah. It was you. But it all started with you. Yeah. That's why you didn't. Win. Sometimes I just hulk out. Whatever. Yeah, but uh, you know, Sean was back there working like the entire time, and he was playing on a D team, and Austin was back there doing a lot of work. Austin doesn't even work there anymore. He just really cared to make sure that things, you know, his cars were taken care of and and, and done well. I think they did a lot. Uh, Sandy. Um, uh, Sandy. Sandy, it's... He got so much... So the scoreboards and the audio systems were both kind of on the fritz before Nationals, and he got them just tip-top shape, uh, as well as all the cars. And then when that Transformer blew... Brandon White. Brandon this is one Brandon White. Thank you in. so much. That was awesome because everyone was fretting initially because tom was saying oh it might take an hour or more yeah and uh, as soon as well and also nobody else knew how to fix that yeah. thing yeah. at all and thank goodness brandon white both used to work at whirly ball and 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 very familiar with the mechanics of it and also uh, a, a certified journeyman electrician uh, who can deal with the high power in that transformer was able to just I don't know. I think he just like kicked it and it went back on. Or yeah. whatever he yeah. did, he really looked out. Magic. Yeah, no, the whirly magic. <laughs> he, he did some. He did some work back there. But he also uh, helped with some cars as well when yeah. they needed it. So. Uh, Dustin, I think right. he yeah. probably even jumped in on some of the cars. That's pretty good. And everybody else who, you know, flipped a car, or, you know, you know, pretend to know what what they were doing when the car was flipped. Yeah, that would have been me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, so we got you guys a plaque, but there were so many of you that you just can't share that uh, we, yeah. we'll just yeah. hold it back. Michael we, Wall has your trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, guys. Uh, and then overall tournament administration. So there were three people uh, that I think of in the running for this. Uh, maybe four. We'll add a fourth honorary. Um, so you heard a lot of announcements from Tom Choquette trying to keep the things moving. You heard a lot of announcements from Cheryl, and you heard a lot of announcements from Brad Elke, 
And uh, because it's a tournament, I assume Clint Fisher had something to do with it. Uh, but in this case, I uh, I'm not sure Clint really had much to do at all with the uh, with the running of it, which surprised me. I expected to. to... It was kind of nice to see him a little bit more relaxed, or at yeah. least he seemed more relaxed. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't yeah. responsible for uh, uh, you know fixing the tournament because um, I thought it ran so smoothly, and. Uh, I'm a little sad though. I just realized I don't believe I had my customary "Are you having a good time?" question from Clint. Oh, uh, that did you know what? Take me, but take Clint off this I, list. No, <laughs> I, no, keep keep Clint on. Okay, the you're list. back on the see list. The, <laughs> see the honorable mention. Yeah. See the honorable mention. No, uh, yeah, he just uh, I've I've shared in the past that that's kind of one of the uh, things that. You know, really drew me into continuing my whirly ball adventure was uh, how welcome he made me feel in my first tournament. And since then, I always look forward to that. You know, after hearing it a third or fourth year in a row, I was like, oh, that's he genuinely wants to know how, you know, if I'm having a good time. Are you telling me that you learned to make, to do whatever you could do to make Nationals players happy from Clint? Yes, he was a big proponent of that, I would say. Yes. That's awesome. So, uh, I agree with Mark. He should be immediately disqualified. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Clint, you have my vote. Um, And I think pretty clearly, uh, although we loved Cheryl, and Tom is uh, always a source of entertainment, uh, obviously, I think this one, to Mr. Brad Elke. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for everything within the tournament of seating and the tournament itself the scheduling uh just keeping things going keeping that schedule moving thank you brad elke for everything yeah, for handling all of these controversies plus many more i'm sure uh and and dealing with it so seamlessly that unless you were really paying attention um or you know in the presence when somebody was yelling at a referee that uh, you just have no clue that there were any problems at all so uh mike wall has your plaque michael wall has your plaque um I guess this is a good time to also just thank Brad Elke for also helping with coaching for us. Uh, really appreciate that with John Weber for us, for our coaching, which was amazing having uh, him coach us and make us a better team, better all around, uh, able to see the game and stuff. Um, it was nice to learn that he is a legitimate coach since he won B. Um, so I was kind of sketchy at first, but now I know he knows what he's talking about. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be the first to uh, agree with you. John really not only led the team on the field, but he coached the hell out of us. You know, he he made us he made us better. You know, I, here's something controversial. I. <laughs> I was really nervous about playing on a team with John Weber. I knew of him as uh, a really good whirly ball player, uh, but also as um, maybe an emotional player, uh, and and maybe one... I've seen him storm off the court a number of times. Uh, I've seen, um, uh, uh, you know, negative emotions kind of seemingly overtake. And I, I have to admit, I was super nervous about it. And uh, I have such a love and respect for that Mr. John Weber. Um, he was uh, 
he was our captain on the court. He was our he was the the his whirly ball IQ is why we were uh, as competitive as we were. Um, you know, a lot of the times it was just uh, I'm overloaded. Do whatever John says, and whatever he said was the right thing to do. And it was uh, I'm I'm so appreciative of uh, the experience I got to have playing with John Weber. So yep. Mike Wall has your trophy. It was nice uh, seeing him with your guys' team and then also coaching us because I, I felt with the same thing. It was like, you know, I see those things where, like, he gets angry and upset and stuff. But, like, once he's coaching you and, like, you see him get angry and upset and then you just realize that's all just passion, man. Like, yeah. He loves this sport. And, yeah. like, he's upset because he expects better out of himself and his team and stuff. And, like, now I just see it all in, like, a different type of perspective Absolutely. and light. And so I'd play with him anytime. He can be your wingman. Any, any, any time. I would follow him anywhere. Even the danger zone? Uh, uh, especially on the highway to the danger zone. <laughs> well, and I just want to finish with, um, you're both full of shit. He doesn't deserve any of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike Wall gets to keep his trophy. Yes. <laughs> Damn, how many trophies does this guy have? Fuck. I don't know. We don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right. Um, and thank you again to just everyone that came out. It was awesome to see everyone uh, and talk to people. Like It was really gratifying to hear people saying how much they appreciate the podcast and stuff. Like It, yeah. it was... And just seeing your family, your the extended family, family yeah. come out and do stuff. Yeah. Um, well, in conjunction with that, you guys had mentioned Brad Elke running things on time. Well, you know, it takes two. So thanks to everyone who actually showed up on the center when they needed to be there. Which was usually and, about an hour before the yeah. schedule said you didn't so, be there. Yeah, I think there was all, I only saw one game or a couple games when somebody wasn't there and they had to get somebody. And, and most of the time that was a Seattle It was person. a Seattle team. Yeah. <laughs> Screw that up. Yeah, so fuck you, Seattle. Yeah. Thank you, everybody else. Absolutely. And thanks to Deb and B as well for uh, all the food and help stuff yeah. at the counter and making that all happen. Yeah. Make sure we got fed. I feel like this year was way more relaxed than the last it time was. this year in so, Seattle. So, uh, a testament to everybody. You know, it was it was definitely a, a, a community effort as well as a team effort. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the Porter Potties. What up, Porter Ooh, Potties? Porter Potties. Yeah. I thought those came in clutch. So good. <laughs> just Especially after barbecue and or Mexican food day. People were just like so scared of them so no one was using them so it was nice for the few people that were using them and like nice. I liked it. I uh, went outside. Also, uh, maybe a little controversial shout out. To that, uh, to that giant banner with all of the wrong dudes <laughs> oh, yes. All of the championships that so upsetting that were com- not entirely the Seattle ones. It, it was a lot of those dates were wrong, and that was comical. And uh, I don't know. It was upsetting to go there and see uh, the banner and not even have the year my uh, division one. That's that's why we have the trophy, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The trophy doesn't lie. Yeah, the banner, the banner lied a lot. Um, and it's still up. That was cool, like, going by the center yeah. and seeing those banners are still up. Uh, want to say hello to Howard. It was good to play with you during a... Yeah, Howard was uh, with us uh, uh, for at least a few more weeks after Nationals. And uh, we got to play an additional pickup game Monday night with him. Howard's a good person. Got some Detroit hats. And, and some coasters. And some coasters. Yeah, always good to spend time with Howard. Love that guy. 
Anything else, you guys? I think that about wraps it up for 2019, but I must say I am looking forward to 2020. Michigan. Oh, yes. Michigan, it's so nice. uh, Speaking of controversy, this is the absence of controversy. How nice is it that we have dates already? That's so good. For the Michigan Nationals, uh, June 24th to 28th in 2020 in Novi, Michigan. It's I just feel at peace. Oh, another awesome thing that I wanted to bring up is uh, I don't know how many people uh, are Facebook friends or see the Facebook, but uh, the Twin Cities, Minnesota Center uh, was posting that they're open. And I believe it was Eric, actually, that was like, you guys need to get ready for nationals. And they were like, what about next year? To host nationals. To host nationals. Yeah. Granted, Michigan's already doing it, but it's cool that like they have a concept that this thing's happening and maybe we can start getting some other states to come I th- out as well. I think that's cool, but I th- in my opinion, I think it would be beneficial for them to actually send a team oh, or two teams. Oh, yeah, beforehand. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, at least yeah. they know that this is happening and they can sit, put together a team yeah. or something. Granted, I, I'm not going to be like, nope, sorry, they haven't participated in the tournament, so we, we don't want them to host. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, this is one of those reasons why we have a committee is so that for centers that haven't hosted, they can kind of have um, an experienced group that can tell them what to expect and what. Let's the, get them to an invite. Expect. That's uh, I, I think, think where it needs to start. We'll get yeah. them to an invite. And, and the other place, maybe even before the invite, is you know we talked about having some ambassadors, the team ambassador. visit, and do a little you know Minnesota Generals versus uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Um, Was that really where they're from, the Generals? Uh, well, they're typically from whatever city they're in. It's the, the Washington Generals. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never gone to a Harlem Globetrotters show. Yeah, I, I think they they might be the whatever whatever city they're in is the Generals. It's the Generals. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Versus the Globetrotters, and the Globetrotters are always from Harlem. Yep. And I think the Generals can move around, so I think that's the way it works. Which is why I don't know. Someone someone let us know <laughs> how the how does it work? How, how does it work? And can um, we be, be the Globetrotters? Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I believe they're trying to have competitive leagues, and so maybe we can be helpful in some way and, you know, uh, 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 help them advance their game, and maybe they'd be appreciative. And if they would be appreciative of that, then we should totally do it, whatever we can do to grow the community. Well, once again, that wraps it up for another episode of What in the World podcast. Make sure you download and subscribe. Uh, gentlemen, it's been an honor. Always is. And a pleasure. Uh, until next time, don't let the whirly ball sit in the face. Love you. Yay! Yeah. <laughs>